If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios, this is Action Sports Jacks with Brent Marginot. Yeah, that one, you know, um, right now, too, is with having CJ, and, and I, I just want to get... CJ 100% healthy, you know. Um, it just looked and appeared on film and during the game the other night that he wasn't necessarily 100% coming off his injury from the spring, and uh, this gives him a time to time to get healthy. And, and again, it's a it's a great opportunity for Jake, you know, to, to get some more time and and uh, to be seen and some valuable reps. So, um, you know, hopefully he can take advantage of that. You're chuckling. Uh, not at the clip. I was watching uh, my man, the Red Menace. Get down I was vibing, bro. for his crown in the control room. He was really, man, taking me back to M- Club MTV. You remember that show, Brent, from back in the day? Uh, yes, I do, actually. Yeah, man. It looked like Casey was uh, living it up. I was vibing, yeah. I really like the music. That, that music kind of reminds me of the show Ballers. You remember that? Oh, you don't have HBO. But the Rocks yeah, show. Heard of yeah. it. Where he's like a football agent. I, I didn't watch it, like, a lot. Like, I saw clips of it because I'd fun. just be passing through. It's like brain candy. It's It wasn't like... A big show. You finished the uh, Manti Teo. I did. It was kind of fascinating. Did, so, I mean, we can't all talk about it. I didn't see it yet. Yeah. I don't have Netflix. But if you want to hear a little bit about it. I did it. look it up. You sure it's on Netflix? That's where I watched it, man. Why couldn't I find it? Like, I literally said, I'll send you another link. <laughs> I, I even searched it. <laughs> was your VCR What's blinking? the name of the documentary? Because uh, I, I only looked know. under Manti. Probably spelled it wrong. Well, if your VCR is blinking 12 when you're trying to watch <laughs> Netflix, it, it may not work. It's called, like, Crime and something, right? Yeah, Crime and Punishment or something like go. that. Uh, okay, so I'm, I probably looked at it. Yeah, it's like part of a series, and then they're going to do, like, six of these in the series. The Manti Teo one was only two episodes. It's called Untold, The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist. Okay. So Manti Untold. never would have So, yeah, Manti wouldn't have come. Well, good try, bro. You give it, like, a... 14%. I mean, hey, can we put like SEO in there or something <laughs> yeah, like Netflix? Exactly. I mean, yeah. like, Netflix really know how to do I, that. I mean, that's like a web term, folks. SEO, right? Isn't it? Yeah, search engine <laughs> optimization. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> but uh, I always hear the web people talking about it. <laughs> if you just throw it in a conversation, you really do sound smarter. It's like, <laughs> you oh, are you, are you yeah. looking out for your, your SEO? Or? <laughs> <laughs> Made that part of a sales pitch recently. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have to go into the whole thing until you watch it. I'll just say this. It wasn't as exciting as I thought it might be. It was certainly fascinating. Yeah. It definitely changed the way I felt about Manti Teo. In a good or bad way? In a good way. Okay. In a good way. Mm-hmm. I remember looking at this kid, and a lot of it had to do with just the look on his face during this whole thing. And, like, you judge someone on, like, yeah, such yeah. a few things. I just thought he was kind of a dummy. Yeah. Like, I just thought he was just one of these guys who wasn't smart and got taken advantage of. Then you watch the documentary, and you're like... If you put yourself in those shoes, I, w- I would have been taken the same way. Really? Yeah. If, if you watch what happened, you're him, not a dummy. I'm not a dummy. <laughs> well, that's my wife, maybe. Come on. But I don't. Oh I guess I just God. assumed when when the guy got catfish, it was because he just couldn't see the red flags. And there were some red flags, but those flags happened so far down the road after he had done what he thought was verification of this person. And I just, I wasn't able to blame him by the end of this documentary, number one. And number two, you want to talk about optimistic people living for the right reasons. This kid, man, straight up and down, this guy. Not even a kid anymore. So you're a fan of him now? I am, yeah. Well, that's cool, though. I like him a lot. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good doc. Take some time with it. Hey, you haven't watched it yet, right? I don't have Netflix, and I'm not going to get it. Um, 
Do they show his current wife in the dock? No. Have you seen her? No. What are we getting at here? Yeah. She's good looking. Oh, okay. <laughs> like I'm saying, it worked out. Like I mean, it it's, okay. weird. Okay. it's weird that uh, that an uh, in shape, good looking athlete who plays uh, professional football has a attractive spouse. I'm saying <laughs> I thought that they might put in the end like this is how it worked out. <laughs> it's like yeah, you remember <laughs> the guy who you thought was your girlfriend? <laughs> well, look how it turns out. No, that's not what happened. <laughs> I thought maybe that would be the closing scene. That's not what happens. <laughs> but I'll tell you what else happens in the documentary. Again, you get to meet the catfisher. Oh, really? And I thought. I thought I would feel bad for the catfisher by the time of the end of the film because, you know, everyone is a person. Whether they've done stupid things or not, they have feelings and emotions and their own trauma. But I still think this catfisher is a narcissist who doesn't care what happens to other people. It was still hard to find this person likable by the end of that uh, documentary. Yeah, but that's not the point, you know? It kind of is, I they think. They literally made a documentary about your catfish. Like, that's a win. For who? Her or him. I haven't seen it. The catfisher? The catfisher. Uh, no, it's definitely not a win. Got a Netflix doc. By the way, <laughs> um, yeah, sh did. shout out to uh, Delphonic in the chat. He says, it's literally on the front page of Netflix when you sign in. You don't have to search, Brent. <laughs> well, it depends on who you are. That's uh, that's an algorithm thing. Don't listen to Delphonic. Yeah, <laughs> Delphonic. Yeah. So Delphonic, like, can you, you put my picture then on the front of that? <laughs> if it's an algorithm thing. Brent, just, just, just bang that Betamax real hard on the top of the machine, and then uh, it should turn on. It's <laughs> fine. <laughs> I'll find it. But I seriously did look. I, I do have this question about Netflix. I'm not on Netflix as much as I'm on the other ones, like Apple yeah. Plus and sure. or Apple TV, and uh, which is now Plus. And Paramount even has some, had some. Are you the guy stuff. with Paramount Plus? That's interesting. I, you know, okay. I just got scammed by Paramount Plus. Did you? <laughs> so did everyone else who signed up for a membership. Why? I signed up to watch the uh, U.S. women's game about a month ago for free yep. and forgot. You forgot to watch or forgot to cancel? No, I watched. I forgot to cancel. Oh, so right. they hit me for six. Oh, yeah. So if there's anything good over the next month on there, I've, I'm in. I just got hit like that from a business. I won't say their name, but they hit me for 220 bucks. That's a lot worse than six. Holy smokes, it was bad. Really? Yes. I called them up. I was like, wait a second now. And they're like, well, you didn't cancel on time. Yeah, but the Netflix, I'm not on it a lot, but it's under different, right? Like Kaylee has her sign. Yeah, everyone's and got profiles. Yeah. And so does it change? I wonder if we have like kid settings where some of these shows wouldn't show up and I was on the wrong one. Well, you would know you if would. yours was you a kid setting. absolutely would. Yes. Because when you click on it, it does a real kid's like thing. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> not, yeah. yeah. Maybe not. I'll yeah. figure it out eventually. Guys. Someday. Um, <laughs> you go I'll to Atlanta, you'll forget day. this conversation ever happened. Yeah, we'll, and we'll then be, in eight months, you'll be like, hey, remember me and Titan? Yeah, that's a possibility, that? actually. We'll, I got a lot going on. We'll be watching holograms on tabletops. <laughs> Brent's going to be like, hey, you guys see this TV <laughs> over here? It's <laughs> on tabletops. You guys see this That'll TV? That'll be really cool when that happens. It's I know it's coming close. soon, oh, yeah. but uh, we'll, we'll have it. Brent Martin, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz. I just asked uh, the folks out there on the social media channels, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook. Do you like the swag that Trevor has sometimes? The whole wagging of the finger. Of course, everybody calls it the Dikembe Mutombo. Like, I caught the, I didn't know if our cameras in the broadcast picked it up because I saw him do it when I was on the sideline. I was like, I, like, called up to the guys like, hey, do you see that? Like, yeah, we got it, we got it. I was like, oh, man, I thought I saw something you guys didn't see. <laughs> You're like, you oh, know? man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they got it. They got a shot, which was also very good. Nice yeah. job. Good, uh, good directing. They, and it was the throw over Sutton. And what was interesting about this whole scenario is after the game, they're exchanging jerseys. And so Lawrence and Sutton. So yeah. I go from thinking Lawrence is like saying, nah, you can't get that one, man. Like he knows it was a great throw. Yeah. And he's just like got the swag meter up. 
But then I'm like, wait a minute, maybe these guys really know each other well, and that's why he was waving the finger. Well, it turns out, and he said he addressed it in the postgame, mm -hmm. and I was just giving you my real-time thought of this, but now in the postgame on Saturday night, he said, yeah, I watched him at Tennessee. I was a Tennessee fan, and we ended up exchanging jerseys because I went up to him and said, I enjoyed watching you at Tennessee type thing. Wow. And so that's how it, so it's not like they're buddies or, and I think Sutton's from like uh, Jonesboro, Georgia, so they're also Georgia guys. But uh, Casey is wagging his finger at me now, too. Uh, <laughs> hey, don't get off that topic. I'm not oh. getting off the topic. Okay. But I guess, cool. like, don't you like that? You know, it's funny who had this a little bit in him, is Bortles had a little bit of this. Right? I mean, he, he, he didn't mind talking yeah. trash to you. Yeah. Now, he didn't have the game always to back it up, but he liked that. Like, he liked getting into it with you. Well, he had the bravado on the field, though. Like, not just with the talking, but taking shots and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah. 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 And so, but Trevor, last year, remember um, remember the Cincinnati game where he showed a little swag on the read option play, Casey? Yes. He was rented in right at the camera. Yeah. I think he showed a little bit the other night, too, when he was along the sideline. He did, like, a little stutter step. Just like those little moments, you don't see those things all the time from quarterbacks. So I know like a lot of players do it, but I just don't think quarterbacks do it. And the wag was like, listen, I got that in me. Hmm. You know, the wag of the finger. Got that dog in him. Yeah, and, and I like that. I think that's a good thing, right? I mean, that's you got to pick your spots. and uh, But when you, when you get a chance to say, hey, I got you, I don't mind if my quarterback's saying, I got you. That's a safe wag, though. Like I said, it's not like he's... Uh He's calling out Jalen Ramsey or anything like that. True. Well, a good point. Good point. But you uh, still like to see it. That play, I've seen, for all of us, that play was been, like, just drooled over by the rest of the NFL, it's right? So great. Right? And, and the thing about it is, I bet from his vantage point, everything happened in slow motion because it did from my vantage point, and I think for everybody in the stadium and watching on TV, because it really did look like he was about to either get deflected or maybe picked off. It looked like he was throwing right to the corner. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, boom, it just perfectly over and into the hands of Marvin Jones. And so the whole thing, like, I think it's a play we're going to remember all season, even though it happened in the preseason. Hmm. And I wonder how many of those kind of plays, like Trevor, will give us this year. Trevor made some really good throws last year, some touchdown plays, but even those are a little foggy in my mind. I remember the great play against Indianapolis at the end of the year. Yep. I remember, uh, like, the run against Cincinnati. And then I start mixing some others up. Was it Houston that he threw the touchdown to? Uh, it would have been, was it Marvin? It's Miami. There was a touchdown Miami, pass, see? then it's, then it's it was, possibly Miami. Marvin. In, like, the right corner or something? Yeah. Um, and it was, was a, the worst camera work of all time. That's right. It was. It was a great throw. He scored. It was like, oh, we're like, what happened? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <great throw. laughs> like, again, see, like, I remember the play, but I didn't remember exactly who it was against. But some of these moments, I think we're going to remember that play against Sutton and the wag. And I like that. I like those signature memories, signature moments for we see it for a lot of players, whether it's a defender or a receiver or a running back. But I think the quarterback has his ball in the hand. The ball is in his hand so much. He's making so many throws that I don't know if you always remember some of those. But this one we'll remember. And I think if he gives us a handful of those this year, you're, that you just get reminded, like, that's why this guy was picked number one overall. And that's a good thing the more we sure. get those reminders. There are also guys who uh, maybe don't remember a specific play, but you can envision their motion because yeah, yeah. you watched them that's for so point. long on the team. So, like, when I think about that, I think about um, – like, Patrick Mahomes is very distinctive, but uh, I think about, like, Steve Young. Even Byron Leftwich, the way he would kind of hold the ball back there and then wing it out there. It's just, it was very distinct. So I'm kind of wondering when I'm going to feel that way about Trevor at some point. You, you just jogged my memory on something that I wanted to bring up. I saw recently, 
Did you say uh, Nick Foles pass over the last couple of days, like the no-looker? Mm-hmm. And so it. now I'm starting to wonder. Patrick Mahomes did it in the game. Patrick Mahomes, like, everybody saw it. Patrick Mahomes was, like, is still, like, the star of the NFL. So it stands out more. It's going to be replayed more. It's going to be talked about more, all those things. But does everybody have that in their game? I mean, it's. I was literally talking to Casey before the show about uh, Malik Willis over in uh, Tennessee. Yeah. Where he 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 didn't just sidearm a throw to his wideout on the sideline in last week's preseason game. He went like Dan Cuisenberry submarine, <laughs> but did Casey know who Cuisenberry no, was? He did not. It's literally how he described it last time. Cuisenberry. Yeah. Cuisenberry. I would say Cuisenberry more than Cuisenberry, but I guess where you're coming from. At nineteen eighty six. Tops baseball card with the brown edges, Casey. There it is. Dan Quisenberry in the Royals blue. You can get that one. That's what I see in my head That's when a I good think one. of Dan Quisenberry. But here's sure, a guy, Dan Quisenberry, when he would pitch, would, would nearly scrape the floor with his hand on the way to the plate. And that's what this Willis pass looked like. It almost was like sub-sidearm, but he, would, he still slung it. It was great. Yeah, I think when you have... We're seeing most quarterbacks now, right, have this supreme platform arm talent, yeah. right? And and most of them are on the run. Mm-hmm. So, that, like, that's a new thing in the NFL to have this many quarterbacks on the run. In fact, to the point, you almost can't play the position unless you're old and really good. Or mobile. Or mobile. Yeah. And, and you better be mobile. And by the way, it's much easier to get a, a decent quarterback in the draft than it is to get five offensive linemen in the draft and free agency. It's true. So, so you can run away if, from that if stuff. If you're mobile, then it helps. And so I think probably messing around in practice or just pure arm strength and creativity, I think these guys all have it. Like, I bet Trevor can throw the no-look pass. Hmm. He's thrown the football enough, and he's got the arm talent. I'm not saying he's got the... Confidence and comfortability to throw it at a game yet. So dangerous. You know, (laughs) like that's one I'm trying when I'm up like 24 to 3. Yeah. Right. But I bet he's got it. Nick Foles has it. Yeah. If Nick Foles has it, you know, Trevor's got it. No, I agree. I was doing this because, like, who cares? Winning or losing? I can't even see you. Oh. Then why do you always look? I'm looking so I can almost see you. He's a, me- say, he's a method broadcaster. I'm actually like, yes, I'm looking. You're right. I always do look because I think that I'm, maybe I, you can see my eyes. Like, go ahead, Casey. Talk if you'd like to. I can watch you on the screen. So, yeah, I do. Um, Back to the overall <laughs> thing that I tried to get in uh, before we get off the Trevor Lawrence. So, he talks about Tennessee. Like, we know he's a fan and all that. Why didn't he go there? You ever think about that? Mm. Like, I know it was a, a, an utter disaster. I get it. And, like, Clemson, Dabo, sure. I'm with it. A I'm guy saying, like Trevor can change the utter disaster, though. Right. Like, if he, if he like, grew up loving them, I'm kind of surprised that he didn't go. Yeah, but I think, I think Trevor is... Um, he's a realist. He but, said they are trash. But he's realist, and he's, he's also calculated, and he knows. And, and, and that Clemson team had players on it. it. Well, not only that, but I think the Dabo relationship is so key there. You know, from... Uh, I, I, I think it's just so easy to say... I, I feel like I know more about, like, Trevor's value system after visiting his hometown than I would about other players. Hmm. Uh, and I don't even know if I've got that right, but I just feel like I do. And so when you juxtapose Trevor and Urban and then you put Trevor and, like, Dabo, it's totally different. 
And by the way, like, I don't know who was even the coach at Tennessee at the time Trevor came out because they've had so many and all this turnover. But it was a mess there. So, like, Trevor's smart enough to know, like, well, I'm going to – if I go there, I'm kind of in a position to – fail even though it would be great if they were if they had like the Clemson situation surely I'd go there you know it really is like a teeter-totter like uh, you'd like to think Trevor is good enough to make that program better but at some point the program could be so bad that it makes Trevor worse yeah I uh. I agree I mean I think he knew where you got to be put in a position to succeed and I think Dabo and Clemson was on the up and up and that that became a thing uh so and, and again I think Dabo does it the right way from a recruiting standpoint like he really I mean, he tries to get to know the kid and do all those things, like, in almost in an old-school way rather than just throw offers out there is the book a bit on Dabo. And I think probably Trevor took to that. Um, I don't know why exactly, Casey. It's a good question. But he really was a huge – I mean, he's a huge Manning fan. Right. And they went up to Knoxville to games. It's not far from Cartersville. It's like two hours. I'm saying. So uh, it would have been an easy play. I, I really just think the simple answer here is a mess in Tennessee. Yeah. And it, and it has been. That makes sense. I got a, a one other thing. It has nothing to do with anything. I'm fairly confident, Brent, that you, when you got here, filled up the coffee cup with water. I did. <laughs> put it in the Keurig. I believe there's a new K-cup in there because I investigated and never hit go. Well, he's well, like, because he I was just yet. setting it up for down the road. Listen, spoken like someone who doesn't drink coffee, he's just setting himself up, right? Yeah. I drink, first of all, I drink coffee all the time. And that was two and a half hours ago. Yeah, that, well, that's I knew I was going to drink a coffee during the show. And so if you don't mind hitting the button now, though, I don't think I did change the K-cup part out yet. Okay. So don't do that. Yeah. I was just going to do it in a break so that I don't have to go fill up with water and all that stuff. Okay. I was just pre- preparing. I'm prepared, man. Detail guy. <laughs> you? Well, I'm not a detail guy. I'm not sure about prepared, but I am a detail guy. Anyway. Um, hey, when we come back, we do some tweets. Sure. What else do I have on my list? I have this thought last night after watching the Yankees a little bit. And the pace for Roger Maris is, like, still there, even though Judge hadn't homered in, like, nine games until the other day. Slow down just a little bit. And a wicked strikeout against Scherzer the other day. But to the rest, to the baseball world, what I'm wondering, does it mean anything to tie or break Maris anymore? Like, how is that viewed when you've got McGuire... So, did Sosa even get past Maris? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he was and, right there with him. And uh, and obviously Bonds. Yep. You so, don't want me to answer right now, right? No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, okay. yeah. I just want I want you to think about it. I know like, my This was called a tease a little bit in the business, but also I want you to think about it. The business. But that means First, you also got to come back if you want to hear about oh. it. I know what a tease is. And two, you always do this long, dramatic pause like I feel like I should jump in. You're like, how do you feel about it? I was just thinking of what next. else to say next really? eloquently. How about we'll be back on ESPN 690? There you go. around the league has been that Mitchell Trubisky was in line to be the opening day starter, the favorite to be that guy. And when you talk to people now, here's what you keep hearing. That the young kid is quote-unquote coming on. And he's coming quick. Yep. And so I don't know when they're going to get to Kenny Pickett, yep. but they're going to get to Kenny Pickett at sure. some point in the season. I think essentially as soon as Mitchell Trubisky has a stumble early in the season, that'll open the door to get to Kenny Pickett ESPN 690, Action Sports Jacks. Aaron Schachter hanging out with you guys. Brent Martineau in studio with me. The Red Man is Casey Kurtz. Sobbing, weeping in the control room over Adam Schefter. Smirching Mitchell Trubisky. Come on. 
What do you think, Ben? You think Kenny Pickett's going to step in there sooner than later? Yeah, probably. But I like Kenny Pickett, too, though. Why? thought he was good at Pitt. Listen, last year, there's not one single person besides Brent that was more responsible for me making money <laughs> than Kenny, Kenny Pickett. Pickett. <laughs> okay? You're loyal, if nothing else. Yeah. I get it. All so right. I'm loyal to the guy. Fair enough. Small That's hands tough, and all. That's a tough gig for Trubisky now because, first of all, if, if you're a first-round pick – I mean, fans want to see the first-round pick eventually. Sure. And Trubisky already comes with, all right, let's see. I mean, he really better blow Three us away. Three baggage, yeah. But now you add this, and he's playing well in the preseason. And, and not that Trubisky was playing awful in the preseason, but you just add this, like, in reports like this from Schefter, which which I agree with because I've seen it firsthand in Jacksonville where they didn't want to play Gabbard or they didn't want to play Bortles, and they shoved them in there anyway. Well, that's going to eventually happen. Like, you know it. And so – you really feel like you can't make a mistake. And nobody wants to play like you can't make a mistake. I, I think one of the big problems in Jacksonville over this last decade around the quarterback situation is everybody preaches like, don't turn it over, don't turn it over, don't turn it over. Well, if I was sitting here telling you at your job to not do this and not do this and not do this, what are thinking about? Yeah, so right? what you do to me, but okay. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> and, well, you fail. That's fine. <laughs> and... Well, you fail miserably, see? <laughs> Sorry, you left it wide open for me. Okay. But proof <laughs> Brent is a good guy. He's got to apologize for giving you a hard time. <laughs> uh, he, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I never understood that. Like, I, I've always criticized the coach because I know that's the mantra, and I get it. Like, yeah. you don't want to make it. Just don't make the big mistake. Just don't make the big mistake. Well, how am I supposed to make the big play if I don't go – if all you want me to do is not make the big mistake? And to be honest luck. with you, like if you look at the couple of throws even by Trevor uh, to Kirk that went out of bounds, you know why? Like, or the one to Marvin Jones in the end zone, which, by the way, was a lot t- more difficult. He was on the run and all this stuff. They all were on the side of caution. Hmm. You know why? Because he threw 17 picks and just 12 touchdowns last year. Like, he has to go play and let it go and just go play backyard football. And don't worry about making mistakes. And that's easier for Brent to say. And that's easier for us all to say. But you don't want to make the mistake. But the problem is guys like Gabbert and Bortles, I saw this with Bortles, because the mantra on Bortles, rightfully so, is that he turned it over all the time. And so if you turn it over all the time, you're like, just don't make a mistake. Don't make a mistake. Well, how am I supposed to make a play, a big-time play? Let it rip. Just let it go if I'm always worried about And what happens is you get hesitant. I mean, and that happens in all walks of life, if you were told. But, I mean, it's just that it's under a microscope in the NFL. I think this is really hard for Trubisky is the moral of this story because he's not I, – I guarantee you he doesn't play that well in the first month of the year because he knows it's – he's it's up against line. it. Oh, yeah. And new team, new playbook, new coaches too. That doesn't help either. And he might not have anyway because I don't think he's really that great. I put him in like this Sam Darnold category where you thought you knew what you had on the team that he was on. But you could also make up a bunch of excuses yeah, you could. why it didn't work out. Absolutely. So when Darnold goes to Carolina, everyone's like, all right, well, I, it could work out. And it does for the first three games. And then it's, you know, Titanic-level catastrophe for the rest of the season. In comes Baker Mayfield. And, you know, according to the reports out of Carolina's camp, Baker was like head and shoulders above Darnold. You look at a guy like Mitch Trubisky, you're like, all right, well, maybe the Bears screwed him up. Maybe it wasn't him. And then, you know, Kenny Pickett's out there shining. Mitchell Trubisky, maybe not so much. You're like, all right, maybe it is, Mitch. Yeah, you just got to let it go. But Trubisky, by the way, does have some impressive numbers despite all the negativity around the way he's played in the league. And that's why Casey all thinks he can be good. Still can. It's a, I mean, this guy, I thought I've defended some quarterbacks over the years. <laughs> he's jumping on, like, the Baker Mayfield, you know, 
revitalization tour. I'm sorry, uh, that Sam Darnold. Yeah. And now he's jumping on the Trubisky. Man, that's like, like a bad bandwagon to life tour. That Trubisky bandwagon's got three flat tires right now. Listen, and they tell you what, the fourth one will be when they trade him to Seattle, and he's a little bit better. I just don't think Seattle's going out and getting anybody. If not Garoppolo. I'll tell you what, if there's one person in, in terms of bum quarterback that I'll never support, Drew Locke. Not to worry about that one, guys. The Geno Smith all the way, huh? Yeah, I don't understand your hatred for Drew Locke. So Can't much. tell you on the air. Okay. Oh. Ah. Yep. No, it definitely has to do with Dan Linguini. We'll find out, <laughs> folks. We'll find out in the break. We'll bring you the story. Dan, Dan might have been there, thing. actually. Definitely an autograph. <laughs> Legend, Dan Linguini. <laughs> All right, Eric. I got to send him the Autograph-seeking Hall of Famer. <laughs> well, Brent, I went out and uh, grabbed a few tweets from the, some of the headlines that, that happened nice. around the league. Did you have to go outside for that? I did, actually. I sweated. <laughs> I was out there for 35 <laughs> seconds, and I sweat right through this shirt, which isn't hard for me to do. What do you got? Well, the first tweet I've got is from your boy, Jordan DeLugo. Hey, Jordan. Cole Van Lannon has played 71 offensive line snaps this preseason for the pack, primarily at left guard. He's allowed zero, count him, zero quarterback pressures per pro football focus. He's a 2021 sixth-round pick. Do you think Cole Van Lannon's coming here to cause some mayhem on the offensive line as a starter? Is my question to you, bro? Well, I think that's pretty impressive, right? Uh, zero pressures in in the preseason, and mm-hmm. so it's a good sign. Again, I think this was this is crafty personnel maneuvering by the Jags, in my estimation. You know, you're giving up nothing, and you're getting a guy that's worth taking a chance on in a spot that you're still a little uncertain about. So I like the move, and would I be surprised that Cole Van Lennon and getting the starting gig at some point throughout the course of the year? Nah. I mean, I'll, I'll believe these numbers. Uh, listen, I'm not sitting there digging up tape on Cole Van Lannan. I, I mean, just out watching the guard play in the Packers games. But I'll buy into him, and I, I look at it like, hey, it's a pretty good depth play at the very least. Yeah. And uh, I said this at the start of the show. You push Ben Barch. The Jags have had some success with that. Trent Bulky has had some early success with that in Jacksonville in his two years. Push Cam Robinson, boom. Push Jawan Taylor, looking pretty good. Now you go push Ben Barch, maybe that works out too. Maybe. So he's creating some competition, uh, and I still think in the case of the two tackles, it, it's a, an interesting one to look at because now you look at a guy like Walker Little who might be on the outside looking in, and it could look like what we would say is a wasted second-round pick. Internally, they would say, well, he made those two guys a lot better. Mm. So maybe there was Served some value in it, you know. Yeah. Uh, this guy comes at a cheaper price. And we'll see how Cole Van Lennon plays. We'll see what Ben Barch does. I like the insurance policy at the very least. Does uh, Little play another position, or is he just out there at, at right tackle? Well, he can play right or left, so he can be your swing guy if he misses. You know, And really, he could probably do your swing position better than Jawan Taylor would. Uh, now, there are some people, uh, I've talked to like Brian Sexton about this in the past, they'd like to see Jawan Taylor, if he didn't win the job, maybe move to guard. Mm. Um, I don't see that happening. So... Yeah, the Jacks have some flexibility on their offense. It's just interesting to me. I think it's like uh, it may not be that recent of a trend, but you certainly hear about it more these days where I think back in the day you used to have these starters on offensive line and then the backups would be like versatility guys. And now what you see are the starters also being versatile. I think, well, one, because the competition's pretty tight because there are, not, there are less standout guys. The offensive line's a hard position to find studs at. You know, you know, you know what nobody's talking about versatility with? Right in Sheriff. Mm. Yeah, he doesn't you know why? need it. Because he's damn good at the one yeah. spot he plays. You're never moving him from right guard for the rest of his career. You know right? what I mean? 
And some guys can't do the position versatility. But if you look at everybody else, they would say there were, there were ideas of kicking Cam Robinson inside at one time to guard. People have floated the idea of Juwan Taylor, kick him in. And so one of I think the reason why people float it is they're like, well, he's not as good as we hoped he'd be at the spot that he's yeah. playing. We're already paying him. He's a big dude. Let's stuff him in the middle of the run. But I also think it's uh, roster maneuverability, too. You want to, if you're going to have depth and you only have 53-man rosters, then you need guys that can play multiple positions. And the more you can do, uh, that's the situation yeah. we've got in the NFL. I'm with you. Grant Paulson works uh, in Washington on the radio for uh, the Commander's flagship. He's reporting on Twitter. Chase Young being moved to the pup means he's going to miss the first four games of the season. Rivera all but said this was going to happen at the start of camp. And while we knew it was coming, it's still a massive blow to hopes that Chase Young's expected year three breakout is going to happen this year. You may remember strong rookie season, seven and a half sacks. Last year, not so much. Year three right now for Chase Young. What do you see happening here? Yeah, I think Chase Young's a really good player. But I do fear for players who are early in their career get hurt because you then uh, start attaching a label yeah. to them. And it doesn't matter how good they are. And, uh, and by the way, it doesn't always have to be early. Like, how good was Michael Thomas three years ago? Yeah, the best receiver and, in the and NFL. And now he's a forgotten guy. Not to say he's not going to be good this well, year. I haven't seen him in almost three years. Guy. Yeah. And now as soon as he, uh, he has a little, like, uh, he's a little tight hamstring out of the Saints, and everybody's like, oh. Soft Mike Thomas. Yep. Blah, blah, blah. You get these labels. Yeah. Which I think is unfair in this game. I mean, it happens. It's unlucky. Uh, but Chase Young, it would be nice for his career path to see him come back when he needs to come back, which is still plenty of time in this season, mm-hmm. and go have a strong season and be the guy that we saw before the injury. One other note about what you just said. That was a good defensive front, Casey, right? A couple years ago, Chase Young's first year. It was, yeah. Yeah. Seven and a half sacks. Mm-hmm. And we think Chase Young's a stud, right? Well, that was a rookie year for... I'm just saying. Okay. okay. When you're looking at Trayvon Walker, seven and a half sacks. That's, that's a great year. That would be great. That's a great year. Right? So, just... It's interesting. It goes back to the sack conversation. Like, the way people talk about Chase Young, you would have thought he had 12 and a half sacks that rookie year. It's fair. But these these guys, these home run hitters, don't normally have big sack years in their rookie, in the rookie year. year. I know. Just I just want to keep way, it yeah. in perspective on the Trayvon Walker front. You're still walk, talking about a six to eight sack campaign would be tremendous. Look, if Trayvon Walker is walking out of the season with seven or eight sacks, this Jags defense was pretty good. This Absolutely. Year. Yeah. Tweet number three. All right. Uh, now we're going to. we ju- like give this uh, segment a name? We do need a name. We'll figure that out. Josita Anderson on Twitter. (laughs) We need a little music bed or some some whiz bangs. We're not doing trending on Twitter. Josita Anderson. I think uh, every radio station in America does trending on Twitter. I don't want to be like that. I don't mind ripping off people. I want good ideas. We will R&D this thing. Let's go. Rip off and duplicate. Josita Anderson tweeting, just got off the phone with running back Kenyon Drake. He says the Raiders are moving on. His quote, I'm just vibing at the crib right now, just waiting (laughs) on the next 24 hours. I don't think anyone would trade for me just because of the contract situation. Either way, Raiders have to pay me. I'm at peace. <laughs> Here's That's a guy a looking quote. to collect. That's Do- a great quote. It's, you know, we, we often ask what Casey's doing. He says, I'm vibing at the crib. Vibing at the crib, collecting that cash. <laughs> the reason I picked this tweet out, Brent, is because we talked a little bit about the depth issues at running back for the Jaguars, right? Or at least until your boy James Robinson is back on the field. Is Kenyon Drake... An attractive solution for the team. Yeah, you know, when you said that earlier, and I I knew you were going to end up going here, I was like, you know what? That's actually got some interest to me. Because where I think 
the Jags need help is probably a vet. If they're going to get help, I think they need like a fourth guy. They've got two backs coming off injury, as we well know. They've got a rookie quarterback. I think they need a veteran guy in the room that might be able to add some value. If James Robinson isn't ready to go right away, if he's not as strong as he's been, I think you've got to, you've got to at least think about that. And then I don't want to put all that on the rookie, Snoop Connor. I, I'd like to avoid that. So Kenyon Drake is a guy that interests me. Most recently played 12 games last year and only got the ball 53 times. He did uh, carry it for four yards in attempt. But the previous season in 2020 for Arizona, 239 rushes, 955 yards, 10 touchdowns, and a 4.0 yards per carry. Like, that's pretty good. He can catch a pass, too. 53 receptions back in 18, 50 receptions back in 19. He's going to be, well, I guess he's 28 right now. Casey, Kenyon Drake? Yeah, I'm about it. You like it? Why not? Jags. But, and again, keep in mind, whatever you do here, probably the Raiders are the guys f- footing the bill, right? Yeah. Well, according to Kenny himself, yeah, he's just chilling at the crib and getting paid either way. So, yeah, no, I'm I'm into it. I like Snoop Connor, though, but I'm into it. It gives you something that I, I just want this dream scenario where you got ETN and then another pass catching back in the backfield. And I've talked about it with Jamal Agnew, but you get Kenyon Drake back there. It's a pass catcher. Pair him with another pass catcher. I'm telling you, they could do wild things. Two tight end sets. Could you imagine? Yeah. Especially on the Peterson offense. You don't have to line anybody up on the outside for all this. Um, I, Sport Tech, uh, I'm looking up Kenyon Drake's contract since he was the one who mentioned the issue there. Uh, I think we're looking at a dead cap hit this year of $3.5 million. That's not much. I mean, that's fine. Who paid Eight million this man? in yearly cash. Did they pay him originally, or did yeah, they... they paid him like uh, last year? It was actually the the Dolphins signed him for four years, traded him to the Cardinals. He was there for like a half second on a one uh, for one year, eight and a half million. Got sent to the Raiders, two years, eleven million. Signing bonus, five and a half. Why cut him? Oh, who did I, they draft? Josh. Well, Josh McDaniels obviously doesn't like it. I mean, he doesn't like his bats. It seems Josh Jacobs. <laughs> And no, they, Drake. they drafted one of the Georgia guys, didn't they? Not Cook. Uh, to your point yeah, about Zeus White, they did. Zeus White. They did. You're right. You're to, right. to your point about McDaniel's, you know, also on New England, he was never okay with just a back. He always loved a three, four headed rotation. Well, listen, I think the Jags could take a look at this, and I think there's some sense in it. I also think you have to weigh. I don't know the kind of guy Kenyon Drake is, and you got to weigh a guy that could get very volatile, frustrated, not getting the ball. Because, to be honest with you, he's an insurance policy at this stage. Yeah. But I'm not a big – like, I'm I'm not seeing enough out of Raquel Armstead. I was rooting for a comeback for Armstead. Don't see it. Makai Sargent, I mean, probably just a guy, even though I love that he went to Key West High School. Um, <laughs> I, I There's not enough there after the three. And we haven't even seen James Robinson on the field. Like, I think there's reason to, to make a claim – that you could make a play for Kenyon Drake. Yeah, if not Drake, somebody, yeah. Yeah, well, and because I expect it to happen. I actually think they will get somebody. Is it Drake would be the question. Yeah. But if he's available, Why not? might not be a bad play. He could be a difference maker. We'll see. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. If Aaron Judge gets more home runs than Roger Maris, is it more significant than Bonds, Sosa, McGuire? Pause KC, pause KC, pause KC. We'll be back on ESPN 690. <laughs>
go with a little bit of NFL experience when we talk about coming out week one and uh, and, and trying to get things going. And, and also, let me say this. I know we're high and excited about Kenny Pickett. Mr. Trubisky has been fine. Yeah. He's been good. Now, we don't know how long fine is going to hold Kenny Pickett off. It hadn't been anything extraordinary, but you see the athleticism and the ability to place the ball well uh, with Mr. Trubisky also. I mean, luckily... For Mitch Trubisky, you have to have hands this big to ride that ride. (laughs) Is that, uh, by the way, Marcus Spears? Yes. Yeah. Back on the wagon. (laughs) All right, guys. In a few minutes here, we'll talk baseball a bunch. Aaron Judge has 47 home runs. I forgot you asked about this. (laughs) 47 now. And what did we got, like 38 games, something like that left? Something to 35 to 40. Certainly a, a pace that he's been on. I mean, it's like a one-every-three-game home run pace, which <laughs> isn't hard for Judge. He's not catching Bonds, okay? Uh, but Bonds and Sosa and McGuire, and then Maris. And for forever, Maris was the guy. Everybody was catching until those guys, McGuire and Sosa, did it, and then later Bonds. But do we give those guys the credit for doing it? Like, that's the one thing, I, I think Bonds, I think McGuire, eh, I shouldn't say McGuire. I think Bonds, hands down, should be in the Hall of Fame. The other guys we can debate and all that stuff. But I have no problem with him being in the Hall of Fame. He's a great player, and I think he should be in it. But I don't really acknowledge, in my own mind, his home run records. Because of the steroids. I really don't. I think, I think it was because of that. I'll say this. If you're not going to acknowledge an aspect of Bonds' game, it would make sense that the aspect most impacted by overuse of steroids would be the one that you discount the most. That and this, which I didn't even realize until today, it's not like Bonds shows up everywhere on this list. You look at Maguire and Sosa, just in the top five, Maguire and Sosa are four of those seasons <laughs> for most home runs in a season. Yeah, it's just the one. Granted, and that's, that's also steroids impact. Fine. Of course. But at least they were there multiple times. Like the next highest season for Barry Bonds on home runs after his 73 home run breakout was, I think, 46 or 49. The wow, year before. I didn't realize that. Yeah. 49 the year before. Next lower than that is 46 and 93. Well, and I think a big part of steroids is recovery. Was it? I think big for steroids is recovery. Yeah. And so yeah. the way Bonds was able to keep playing and playing and playing and playing in his age when he was in his early 40s got him to 755 or 762 to break Hank Aaron. So that's why I also dismiss it because he would have never got there. Yeah, without at Royce. 41 years old, he's hitting, what was it, 26 homers? Yeah, I mean, at 42, 28 homers. Now, all of a sudden, Albert Pujols on a roll. <laughs> so, Didn't I make this claim, though? Now, that's a different part of the story. But he's, he's closing in. But yeah. seriously, I, just back to Judge. Mm-hmm. Judge, as a Yankee, by the way, beats Maris. Let's just say he gets 62. You know who's, uh, you know who's right before Maris, don't you? It's Babe Ruth. Oh, Babe, yeah. Yeah, another Yankee. Overrated. Babe had 60, right? <laughs> yes. 60, yeah. He had 60 he's and 59. No, no Shohei Otani, no. but <laughs> he's, uh, he's number eight and number nine with uh, 60 and 27 and 59 and 21. Remind me of Sosa and Maguire. What, so Maguire, 34 years old, in 1998 hit 70. So it was 70 for him. Yeah, yeah. and I was actually at the Mets doubleheader when he, uh, when he eclipsed his, uh, oh, wow. his 65. Uh, not not at 65, his uh, 62, 63, whatever that number was. Sosa at 29 years old in 98, same season, 66. Okay, that was the season they were going back and forth. Back and forth, yeah, yes. Yeah. Then in 99, the next year, Maguire hit 65. A few years later, Sosa at 32 years old hit 64. 
And then in 99, Sosa had I forgot had about that. Like, I forgot that they beat it twice. What a time. Four, uh, three times for Sosa, by the way. He beat it three times? 99, he had 63. 2001, he had 64. Yeah. 98, he had 66. That. You're old. But it's the steroids. It's, it's back to back to back years as well. But doesn't that show like we discount it? That like I don't even remember that. Like yeah. I still, I in my mind I'm thinking, all right, Bonds had 73, McGuire and Sosa each eclipsed Maris once, and then it was Maris. Yeah, that's not like how Maris it went dropped down. down to like number eight on the list. Seven, seven, yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's answer the damn question. Please. How much significant? Well, I'm asking you guys, how much significance to judge if he gets 62, based on what we just talked about with the other guys? I think it would be roughly the seventh most uh, coolest thing that's ever <laughs> happened. I think the cool really? storyline is... And I give it no credence. No. It's Yankees to Yankees, Zero. but I'm not looking at 62 going, wow, this is a thing still. Yeah. Like, yeah, like Really? Yeah. So, like, the Yankees people will be like, oh, yeah, our new single-season king. Congrats. You will be correct. And, like, good for Aaron Judge. 62 is a lot of bombs. A lot. But it's not 73. What did Stanton hit that year? Did he hit 59 or 59? 2017. Okay. <sighs> That's the other thing about this list, too. Like, if you're not talking about Babe Ruth, Roger Maris, or like a Hank Greenberg or uh, a Jimmy Fox, you're Spanking talking mostly Hank. steroid guys until you get to, you know, Giancarlo, which, you know, you make the call on that one. And then uh, Mike, uh, uh, Aaron Judge as well. Yeah, I, I got to be honest with you. I asked this question Ryan because Howard. I really don't know, and I'm surprised steroid by guy. your you guys' answer. No. Ryan Howard? Ryan I thought Howard? that was confirmed. No. Yeah. No. Let me look that up. Go ahead, Brian. I'm sorry. Okay, look it up. You're not going to find anything. How many did Howard hit? 50. Ryan Howard 58. was 58 and 06. My gosh. Talk about Millie Vanilli of baseball. I don't know what that means. One hit wonder. Do you not know who Millie Vanilli is? Hold on. Time out. Pause. You don't know who Ryan Howard is? He's not a one hit wonder. He had like 400 home runs. Won a World Series. But he never had a year like that. Won the MVP, I'm pretty sure. That year. Likely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was good for a few years, but then he did. Did he kind of like hard crash disappear? Uh, I mean, at the end, at the end, like he was. No, he had like a maybe a three year run, and that was it. Mm. So, just to clear up my accusation, uh, <laughs> ma <laughs> Major League Baseball has nice said they found no evidence of PED use, but Howard was named in a documentary produced by Al Jazeera, made by a pharmacist that dropped the names of people that he serviced for performance-enhancing drugs. Ryan, yeah, okay. Ryan Howard, this was like the little prime of his career. 58 and 149, 47 and 136, 48 and 146, 45, 141, and then 31, 108, yes. 33, 116. Sure, wow, so he actually four years of really good. I didn't realize he went four years deep like that. He's not Billy Vanilli. Wait, 33 and 116 is good. Well, I know, but I'm just saying, compared to those other years, it was like off the charts good. He had six fantastic years. He did, but, I mean, he had four unbelievable years. Also a good guy, but anyway. Yeah, he's a good autograph guy. I love how you base every guy, like, if he's a good guy, if he's he good. treated you nicely on an autograph. Multiple occasions. Good guy oh, right now. Oh, cool. I, uh, I, am, I yeah. will say this, guys. I'm surprised by your answer that 62 would be, like, a, just a drop in the bucket. Hey, nice job, Aaron. Why? Because that means you guys do give Bonds and, and McGuire and Sosa a lot of love for it. I, I do. do. <laughs> Jinx. Wow. I do. Like, 
That was the game in the moment. And it's the game. Quite frankly, I kind of believe it still is in some aspects. And I'll tell you what, if this was happening, if the Sosa McGuire thing was happening right now with two dudes that we knew were juicing, we'd be all in, as in the youth. That's fine, but Aaron Judge would hit 88 home runs. It'd be sick. Or maybe he'd hit 46. I don't think so. Okay. It would be sick. He is wearing pinstripes. Can't trust those guys. If somebody's dropping 80 bombs a year, I'm in. The, the, the biggest, I am by made. the way, the biggest indictment on the steroid era of guilt and how much it does translate, and okay. I always wondered this, and again, I'm a big recovery guy. When it comes, I, I think it helped those guys play hurt, play longer, all those things, because that's part of it. Not just hit it further, but it wasn't but just, it, but they felt better. Like, you didn't, some of those guys would have been on the DL, I think, at times. Sure, without, without especially steroids. the older guys. But Sosa is the greatest example of numbers before and after, and then that three-year stretch that you guys talked about of, of like how much it impacts. Well, don't leave out Brady Anderson in that conversation. Well, Brady Anderson's well. great, but he doesn't have 65 home runs. Well, my point was like it was the year with his 50 and Brady, then he disappeared by the way, forever. Brady is real close to the poster child of it. Yeah. But Sosa should probably be the biggest sure. poster child guy. Even And I think Bonds is. And even McGuire is. McGuire. But Sosa probably is like third on the hit list. And he, he probably should be first. And there are these guys because who Because he was like, just like an average dude outside of those few years but there are these guys who like don't get that treatment and earned it guys like rafael palmero like pudge rodriguez like albert Pujols, who are named in all of these investigations and just don't get that same kind of yeah. disrespect well P- well Pujols have never found i mean he was in the big dude. did you see the one that he hit yet last night how did he hit that out of there? Am I the yeah. only one who thinks he's back on the sauce? Am I this? I am I the be, only one? I do be wondering. He's got to be back on the way. If it was my last year, if I, I win, I probably Why would not? be. 100%. What, what are you risking? Go for it. You already got half those homers on juice anyway. I don't think oh he is, though. I don't back think he's that guy. man. I don't think he is. I don't think he's that guy. I don't think he's a tainted guy. Somebody check that butt cheek. I think he's a big, strong guy. And a damn good hitter. Yeah, holy oh, back in the arms. That was Aaron Schachter, by the way. <laughs> if your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. 